In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Hey, quick heads up. We have an enrollment going on right now for our online platform, The Strenuous Life. The Strenuous Life is an online platform that we created to help you put into action all the things we've been talking about and writing about on the Art of Manliness podcast and website for the past 10 plus years. We've done that in a few ways. First, we've created a series of 50 different badges based around 50 different skills, hard skills like wilderness survival and self-defense, but also soft skills like public speaking and social skills and things like that. We also provide weekly challenges. They're going to push you out of your comfort zone physically, mentally, and socially, and we provide accountability for physical activity and doing a good deed so you can be a well-rounded man. Enrollment is this week. It closes on Thursday. Our next enrollment will not be until January 2024. If you want to sign up or learn more information or get on our waiting list when our next enrollment opens up, head over to strenuouslife.co. That's strenuouslife.co. Hope to see you on The Strenuous Life. Brett McKay here, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. Working out at any time of day is great, but my guest says there are distinct benefits to doing it in the AM. And he's going to walk you through everything you need to know from mindset to habits to become a morning workout person. Anthony Arvanatakis is a bodyweight training coach and the author of The 7 AM Workout Edge Wake Up, Work Out, Own the Day. Today on the show, he offers concrete tips for overcoming the challenges of working out in the morning, from getting out of bed to finding the time to do it before work, including his brain startup routine for shaking off the just woken up inertia to get going. In the latter part of the show, Anthony details how to do a highly effective at-home bodyweight workout that can easily fit into your morning routine and requires minimal equipment in only 30 minutes. We also talk about how to combine bodyweight training with cardio to do something he calls cardiostenics that's great for fat loss. After the show's over, check out our show notes at awim.is slash morningworkout. All right, Anthony Arvanatakis, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Brad. First of all, great job on uh, pronouncing my last name. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, it's a great name to say. <laughs> so we've had you on the uh, show a couple times, but for new listeners who aren't familiar with your work, how did you become a bodyweight training coach? Because your path to that actually began with a car accident. Tell us more about that. All right, so that, that's a long story. I'll try to keep it short. Basically, when I was 22, I was finishing the sports science and physical education university I was studying in in Greece. I had an accident, so I basically flew for about uh, 20 meters. That is like, uh, I don't know, like 45 feet. And I landed on the pavement. My leg was destroyed, basically. I was brought to the hospital. And uh, after six years of basically trying to 
save a leg that was uh, severely damaged, we ended up having to have an uh, amputation. After that, I got a prosthetic leg. And actually to just backtrack six months there, I uh, before getting the prosthetic leg, I thought that this is something I have to be prepared for mentally and physically. And uh, after six years of not doing a lot, basically, of being physically inactive, I decided to get in shape. I started training at home. Going to the gym wasn't really possible because it wasn't practical. I didn't have a, a car. You know, also the gym was away. So basically, you know, I decided to train at home strictly by doing calisthenics. You know, that's body weight exercise. And lo and behold, I started getting in good shape. I had my uh, amputation, the last operation, which was the 13th. So that was 13 operations over the last six years. But uh, that was finally the last one. And after that, I just continued doing bodyweight stuff. I was getting in great shape. And, uh, you know, I realized, like, this is awesome, right? Because in the past, I would lift weights. And I thought that that was the only way to be fit. But uh, I was getting these great results. And I thought, you know, why don't I keep doing this? So I also wrote a book about my story back then. It did pretty good, which was, uh, I was surprised by. I also had a, a YouTube channel that I was doing to, you know, record my journey. Once I realized though that this is picking up, that people are interested in this, I quit my office job and I decided that this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a bodyweight coach. Okay. So you got a couple books out. You got a new book out called the 7am workout edge, wake up, workout, own the day. You're making the case for morning workouts. Now we've had podcast guests in the past where, you know, the research shows that physiologically speaking, the best time of day to work out is the afternoon because you're most primed at that time because it takes the chemical processes that power your body and muscles a while to kind of warm up uh, and get going throughout the day. And I personally like training in the afternoon myself, but I mean, what they all say though, all these researches about exercise as well, the timing of your workout is far less important than getting a workout in period. And you make a great case in this book for doing your workout in the morning. So let's talk about like, what do you think are the benefits of doing your workout in the morning? So it's, uh, you know, it is true that uh, like world records are set usually in afternoon times, you know, and as you said, physiologically speaking, that's uh, a time that your body will perform better. I'm not in any case a morning workout zealot, right? <laughs> as long as you can get your workout in, uh, I'm going to applaud that. But uh, the reason I started working on this book was because basically the most practical solution for me after a certain point seemed to be working out in the morning. So after struggling a lot to find a time to work out, you know, my business was growing. So I found myself not training. So, you know, or having so many things to do that I ended up training at the end of the day, which also made me a little bit resent my workout because, you know, you're exhausted at the end of the day, you're depleted. And then you also have to train instead of going home and having a shower, being with loved ones and all of that. So I started exploring this whole morning workout routine approach. You know, just as with afternoon uh, workouts, you have the same benefits. If you work out in the morning, you know, you're gonna, your mood is going to be boosted. You're going to have that self-confidence boost as well. If you're strength training, you know, better alertness, energy levels, more sharpened focus, creativity, you know, all that. But what I found out by working out in the morning is that these benefits, especially the mental ones, are amplified during the rest of the day. 
Because basically what happens is that you get to ride that post-workout wave of euphoria, of improved cognitive performance. You get to ride that wave across the whole day compared to if you train in the afternoon, that's going to taper out after a few hours when you go home and you get to bed. So I realized that especially when it comes to cognitive performance, to the mental benefits, the morning workout gives you a better boost when it comes to all that. And it also boosts you during the hours that usually for most people matter the most, right? Because you get to experience that peak boost when you're going afterwards to your job, you know, when you're doing those first tasks of the day that are critical. Well, and then another benefit of working out in the morning you talk about in the book is that for a lot of people, if you work out in the morning, that's going to ensure that you actually get a workout in. Because, you know, most people who are working a nine to five job, let's say their commute to work is 30 minutes. I mean, some people have an hour long commute. So if you try to work out after work, you might have just like four hours of free time potentially to work out and then do all the other stuff, you know, just daily adult responsibilities, personal hobbies, maybe doing stuff with your kids. So working out might not happen unless you get that in the morning. That's another benefit you talked about is you found yourself when you shifted your workout to the morning, you kind of, you freed up some time in the afternoon or in the evening where you could pursue hobbies and do other things that you otherwise wouldn't have done because you're using that time to work out in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, this is what happened with me, right? Because I was basically commuting one and a half hour in the morning. I was commuting one and a half hour in the afternoon. I was working overtime like eight to 10 hours per day. And then I had to train after that, which was, you know, I ended up resenting it. Plus, you know, for people after work, when you're exhausted, you also have very little quality time to spend with your family, with your significant other, with, you know, whatever it is, or maybe you want to focus on a hobby or something else. So getting it done in the morning is really, really helpful. Like for a lot of people, it's the only way that works. You just need a smart way to set that up. And uh, like the first rules that I have in my book is, you know, like rule number one is make sure you do it before your adult responsibilities. So you don't have to train at 5 a.m. or 7 a.m. You know, the title of the book is just there because I just wanted to make a point that you don't have to wake up extremely early. Now, the key to morning workouts is consistency when it comes to workout time, because if you stick to the same time, you can kind of hack your uh, physiology. You know, your body basically adapts and it primes you to perform better during that time. So in the beginning, you know, you're going to feel out of sync. I experienced that as well. You're going to feel clunky. You're going to feel all those things. But if you're consistent with your workout time, it's going to feel better and better, especially if you stick to it for about six weeks. Basically find a time that works for you. And, you know, as long as you're doing it before work, before adult responsibilities, and you're keeping that workout time consistent, you're basically good. And then we'll talk about this later on, but a body weight workout is really conducive to this morning workout because it allows you to work out at home. So now you don't have to commute to the gym, which could Mm -hmm. be for some people 15, 20, 30 minutes. You take that out so you can knock it out really fast. And we'll talk about that in a second. So you mentioned some rules about the morning workout. So do it before your adult responsibilities. Then the other one is be consistent with it. So wake up at the same time every day because it's going to allow your body to adapt. Are there any other rules that you have found to be useful if you want to make this morning workout thing a routine in your life? 
Yeah. So uh, I do also have what I call the three golden rules of the 7 a.m. workout edge. And number one, don't snooze because you, you really don't gain anything by snoozing, right? You don't have enough time to get into like a deep state of sleep that will actually help you feel better. So, you know, when you're falling asleep, you're kind of getting into like back into your your sleep cycle, but uh, it's not really quality sleep. So you you actually feel worse when you try to sneak in a few minutes by snoozing. So rule number one is, again, don't snooze. Rule number two, <laughs> and uh, what I do here is I just repeat rule number one is like, again, like seriously, don't snooze. And I include a, a Jerry Seinfeld bit in the book when it comes to this. So um, Jerry Seinfeld had a bit where he said the following, if any invention marks the decline of human civilization, I think it would be the snooze alarm. So the snooze alarm is based on the idea that when the alarm goes off, you're not getting up, right? You're not even awake and you're already a failure. They should sell the snooze alarm with an unemployment application and a bottle of tequila. Just make it a complete pathetic loser kit. So that's a, that's a bit from uh, Jerry Seinfeld. A bit aggressive, but in my opinion, like the way I see it is when you set a time to wake up the previous night and you're not actually doing that, you're hitting the snooze button, you're uh, kind of like violating an agreement you've made with yourself the previous night. So that that leads to basically waking up with failure mentality. And, uh, you know, that only builds a negative momentum for the rest of the day. So um, instead of snoozing, you know, remind yourself that you're not going to gain anything from this. Just try to practice getting up instantly. And I found that this is also a skill. So, you know, getting up when uh, your alarm clock goes off, the more successfully you do it on repeat, the better you get at it. You know, some people are, you know, <laughs> find it a little bit more difficult, but I definitely believe that it's something that you can uh, work on. And, you know, that is your first small win of the day as well. So when you get that small first win of the day, you get that little spritz of dopamine, you feel good, you know, you've already accomplished something and each step after that becomes easier. I'm going to be honest, it never becomes effortless, at least, you know, I've been doing this for, uh, I don't know, like consistently five years now or so, and I still have mornings that uh, I really hate, <laughs> especially I think like the worst ones are when your alarm clock rings, when you're in a deep sleep cycle, like when you're in the middle of a deep sleep cycle, which is going to happen less and less if you keep your wake up time consistent, but sometimes that's going to happen. And, uh, you know, it's still going to suck, but uh, like the other metaphor I like to use is thinking of that, of getting up in the morning, of avoiding that snooze button, like the first hardest rotation of a bike, of the pedals of the bike. You know, like once you get that round, it gets easier and easier and, you know, the, the morning workout bike starts to roll. So, you know, if you can skip the snooze button, I think after that, everything gets easier. And then the third rule was do what you call intermittent social media fasting in the morning. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I actually thought that I <laughs> I came up with that term. So uh, I thought of it one morning and I thought, oh, wow, this is awesome. But, you know, then I Googled it and there were already a couple of articles. So, uh, but whatever the case, I, I mentioned it in the book. And it's basically a way to, first of all, control your social media usage. And what it means is uh, simply that you don't, 
turn on your internet connection until you're done with your workout. That's like how I started managing my phone a little bit more efficiently. Nowadays, that's helped me to be even more conscious of how much I'm using my phone. I'm trying to use it less and less. And having that as a rule, first of all, it's going to help you be more focused when you're training. It's going to help you relax, kick back, enjoy your workout so you're not answering emails or you're not getting back to uh, you know notifications from uh, social media when you're training. It also saves you a lot of time in the morning. So intermittent media fasting, really, really good tip as well to, to control your social media usage and all that. All right. So uh, the book's called the 7am workout edge, but you're not, this is not a, a rule. You have to work out at 7am. And I think a lot of people, when they say, well, I got to work out in the morning, it means I got to wake up super early, right? I got to do my workout at 4.30 or five in the morning. Maybe some people have to do that. But in the book you say, yeah, you, you probably don't have to wake up that as early as you think to get a workout in the morning. So in your experience with yourself and then coaching other people, how early do you need to wake up in order to get in a workout first thing in the morning? Yeah, so there there was a point when, uh, you know, you had all these motivational YouTube videos a couple of years ago where you, you had like quotes like, you know, you don't need sleep, get up, get your workout in. Then you had famous people like Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, who get up at 4 a.m. and, you know, they get like a two-hour workout in. And, you know, all that is great if you are maybe famous, if you maybe have uh, other people doing everything else for you. But, you know, that's not doable for everyone. That's not doable for family guys, you know, people with kids and a job and a, a whole bunch of other stressful responsibilities. So, first of all, you don't need like a two-hour workout to experience the morning workout edge, that morning boost that you get from a session first thing in the day, like just 30 minutes are enough. And if you're training every day, 30 minutes of targeted exercise can get you really, really good results. So if you're smart about how you structure your morning routine and you make sure that you're not wasting time snoozing, you're not scrolling on social media, you're not reading stressful headlines, you know, if you get really, really organized with your mornings and you try to get a little bit earlier the previous night in bed, like, let's say 15 minutes, you can open up like 30 minutes of space to work out like really, really easily. Most people are amazed when uh, I have them basically go through an exercise where they, they note down like everything they do in the morning. And uh, based on that exercise, you know, we, we figured out how to unlock those extra 30 minutes to work out. And uh, well, for most people, it is doable. Like if you're very mindful of how you are operating in the morning, what you're doing. So the reality is that you don't really need to get up extremely early. Okay. So don't, you don't want to skip on sleep just to get a workout in because that's going to be detrimental. It will uh, get in the way of making any gains. You just feel like crap if you don't get the sleep you need. You talk about how getting ready for the morning workout starts the night before. And part of that, as you just said, is going to bed a little bit earlier. But what else can people do the night before so they get the sleep they need to train in the morning? Yeah, so what I recommend is, you know, first of all, like try to uh, avoid binge watching episodes on Netflix, you know, set a time that you want to get in bed and sleep, have a wind down routine. Uh, I talk about that a lot, but like something more, targeted that uh, I mention a lot in the book as well is basically mise en place, right? So uh, I think you, yeah, you did have a, a guess as well where you talked about this topic, which is mise en place is basically a fancy French term from the culinary arts for being tidy, like word for word, it means to put in place. 
And the core principle of Mise en Place is clean as you go. So what you want to do every time you work out in the morning, you know, every, with everything you do in the morning is to give yourself as little as possible to do the following day, right? So you, you make sure that you, uh, you know, just like a good chef never leaves a dirty kitchen. You make sure that everything before your eyes is clean and tidy before you finish your workout. You know, that includes like clearing out your backpack and tidying the room and uh, organizing your equipment and, you know, the cleaning the, your kitchen if you're having breakfast before or after. The more mindful you are about being tidy, about basically creating as less friction for yourself the next morning, the more effortless your morning routine will be and the more time costly it's going to be. So, uh, you know, doing all that, like being very tidy, being organized from the previous day, you know, things that most people know, like prepping your clothes, putting those on the bed to be ready for your workout and all of that. These are simple things, but they're uh, essential if you want to make that morning routine uh, a habit. Yeah. Last time we had you on, we talked about making exercise a habit through routines. And in the 7 a.m. workout edge, you continue this idea. You have this idea of the brain startup routine that you do in the morning to make sure you get working out. And this is, like it says, it's to help your, like when you first wake up, you're feeling groggy. You don't really want to do anything. But as you talk about in the book, action is the antidote to that. So what does your brain startup routine look like in the morning? Now, I've been doing this consistently for five years, but when it's cold and it's the winter, I, I don't wake up thinking like, awesome, like I'm, I'm going to leave my nice warm bed and I'm going to go train in the cold. So that's never my initial idea, my never initial thought. And the reason for that is basically there's there's a battle going on when you're waking up in the morning. So this battle is between the primal part of your brain, so the lizard brain, as they call it, sometimes the limbic system, and the other part is your like more evolved part, right? The, the prefrontal cortex. So the bad news here is that when it comes to your lizard brain, you know, which is, uh, it, it mostly cares about survival, you know, things like passing along your genes, food, shelter, all that. So as long as you have like a, a roof over your head, you've had food the previous night, like your your lizard brain is not going to be that motivated to get you up. But uh, as I said, the bad news is that when it comes to the lizard brain, daytime blood flow returns to normal the moment you wake up. Whereas when it comes to your, your prefrontal cortex, right, that part of your brain that can think more logically, that knows what's really good for you, it takes an extra 20 minutes for that to turn on. I use a metaphor that, uh, you know, I call it, it's kind of like a really, really old computer. You, you have to give it time to, to boot and all of that. So that is the reason I created the brain startup routine, which is basically a routine that gives yourself those 20 minutes to help your prefrontal cortex to load for you to be basically more mentally prepared to work out. So instead of waking up and being overwhelmed from the thought that you have to work out, you know, you just focus on your brain startup routine. And it's just a very simple, clear set of actions that you do every day that you do in the same order. And by repeating these actions more and more, the more you're priming yourself, you know, you're putting yourself on autopilot and you're creating an, a lot more effortless path from uh, the moment you wake up until time to work out. So I like to use uh, four or five steps to set this up. Step number one is the countdown. So 
I just use a very simple method where I count back from three. So, you know, the moment I wake up, I'm like, okay, three, two, one, and we're up. So uh, that's kind of like a form of metacognition, as a scientist would say, which is, you know, just a fancy way of saying that you're tricking your brain to do something. And the reason you do it in reverse is because that doesn't give you any way out, right? Because if you if you say, I'm going to count until 10 and you start like one, two, three, four, five, six, until 10, you know, after 10, maybe you're going <laughs> to, your lizard brain is going to start negotiating, telling you like, ah, let's count until 20 and uh, maybe you're going to fall asleep until then. So, uh, you know, I keep it simple. I just say three, two, one, and I get up. Like the, the trick here is being really, really serious with this. Like I imagine myself like the NASA guy when he's doing the countdown for the space shuttle launch. So uh, that's uh, step number one. Step number two is giving yourself those very simple set of actions that we talked about until your brain starts to wake up. Basically, you want to do things that keep you on your feet. One of the things that works really well is making your bed. You know, that way you won't be, you will not want to go back into bed. But, you know, if you're uh, sleeping with someone else, you know, with your wife or whatever, then obviously that's not practical. So what I like to do nowadays is I'm either going to wash the dishes from uh, last night or I'm going to tidy my office. You know, basically find something very simple that keeps you on your feet and, you know, something that you do until your brain starts to wake up a little bit more effectively. Step number three is hydration or breakfast. So, you know, if you like to eat something in the morning, you can have like a little snack. Or if you're like me, if you like to train fasted, just uh, get some water or get a cup of coffee or get a cup of, I don't know, water with a pinch of Himalayan salt. You know, some people like to do that. Basically find a way to hydrate yourself that you enjoy. I have coffee. You know, nowadays I know that uh, people mention that it's more effective to have your coffee later on. But, you know, I'm a creature of habit. Uh, I enjoy the whole ritual of grinding my coffee beans and, uh, you know, doing all that. So uh, that's what I do. It works for me. Step number four is the suit up step. Basically, you know, before you commit to working out again, you're still trying not to think about that. You just tell yourself that I'm going to put on my workout clothes and, you know, after that, you're going to decide if you're really (laughs) ready to work out. So, you know, Putting your workout clothes on, like there's even research on this, like really, really increases your your motivation to work out. Maybe having some favorite clothes, you know, like uh, I like to have uh, shorts and a t-shirt and uh, a hoodie. Like uh, that's my typical go-to. Even if it's warm, like, I, I don't know, I just like to have that hoodie on uh, when I first got started. And the last step is, you know, tune up. So uh, put some music on. I have a, a standard workout list that, you know, I, I will update over time. But it usually starts with the same song and that kind of creates a Pavlovian response to get me into that workout mood. So uh, that is the brain startup routine, like, you know, simple stuff. But if you stick to it, if you create your own, it really, really helps. We're going to take a quick break for your words from our sponsors. Wedding season is coming up. And if you are preparing for the big day, I know wedding planning can be really intimidating, but finding the perfect suit shouldn't be. Indochino makes it easy to get a fully customizable suit right from your home. Don't just wear any suit on your big day. Wear a custom made-to-measure suit. Suits start at just $499, which is about the same price you'd pay for an off-the-rack suit at a department store. And they've also got custom made-to-measure shirts 
starting at just $89. So I've talked about my Indochino suit on the podcast before. They've been a longtime podcast sponsor. It's navy blue. The measuring process was super easy. They got these video guides you follow. You'll need another set of hands to help you out with that. But the really fun part is customizing it. Got to customize how I wanted the lapels on the jacket, the pockets, the lining. I went no pleats on the pants on this suit. A lot of fun. And then in a few weeks, you have a made-to-measure custom suit sent directly to your door. When planning your wedding, get a suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code MANLINESS to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code MANLINESS. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer a free plant consultation forever. So I use Fast Growing Trees to order not an indoor tree, but an outdoor tree. There is an oak tree that was in our front yard that died a few years ago due to heat stress. Had to cut it down. There's been a blank spot that I wanted to put another tree there. I wanted a maple tree that turned bright red during the fall. And I went on Fast Growing Trees, found the tree that fit the criteria that I was looking for. Turns bright red. It's a maple tree that turns bright red in the fall. So if you want to try Fast Growing Trees, right now they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when they use code MANLINESS at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code MANLINESS at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code MANLINESS, offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. All right, if you have a family, then you need to get term life insurance to protect them. It's one of the smartest financial decisions you can make, and the start of the new year is the perfect time to get it done so you can focus on whatever else the year has in store for you. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. There's no risk to apply. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can cancel at any time. I remember when I was a new dad, I had a lot of thoughts going through my head. One of them was, how can I take care of my family when I'm gone, if something happens to me? Well, it's one of the first things I did. I got term life insurance, one of the best decisions I made. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash manliness. That's meetfabric.com slash manliness, M-E-E-T fabric.com slash manliness. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. Daylight saving time is starting up again. The goal of this is to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting our clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There is only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com manliness. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to help you find qualified candidates. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you can reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. 
ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And now back to the show. So part of that brain startup routine could be nutrition. What should pre-workout nutrition look like if you're going to work out in the morning? And then what do you think of working out in a fasted state? So personally, I've been training in a fasted state since 2013, probably. So like about 10 years now, like for me, it works. You know, I've noticed that for a lot of people, it works, especially guys. It's quite often the case that for uh, women, it's not going to work that well. Like obviously not every woman, but you know, like I have noticed that uh, with men, it works a little bit better, but you know, basically you can try it out and you, you can see, you know, if you feel horrible, if you feel shaky, if you feel weak, maybe you're gonna have to consider like having a little something before training. This can be tricky because for most people, you know, you're in a hurry in the morning, so you don't have a lot of time. So uh, what I recommend is making like a really small snack, something that is very, very quickly absorbable. So, you know, you can do that during your, your brain startup routine, you know, instead of having that glass of water or coffee, you can have that uh, pre-workout snack. Gotcha. So before the workout, you want to do something like, you know, piece of fruit, maybe a little bit of protein. So you could probably just do like, I've done this when I've worked out in the morning, like a banana and some peanut butter and almond butter. Yeah, what I recommend is uh, basically the format that works for most people. More or less, this doesn't have to be like exactly like that, but 50% simple carbs. So simple carbs can be fruit. It can be like a rice uh, toast, basically like a really quickly digestible source of sugar. About 30 to 40% fat, like a healthy fat, like usually like peanut butter or uh, if you're allergic to nuts, you know, maybe for some people, seed butters work. And, you know, a little bit of protein, which will be usually in healthy fats like peanut butter or almond butter or whatever. So, you know, like 50% carbs, again, 30 to 40% fat and 10 to 20% protein and keep it small. So, for example, you like a banana, you put some peanut butter on that and uh, you're good for most people. So that's if you're going to eat before your workout. You might be okay with fasted workouts, so try that. But then whether you fast or eat before your workout, after you do your workout, you, you want to get a good breakfast in. So what does that look like for you? And like any tips on, again, we're trying to like save time, so you got to get to work. Any tips on streamlining your morning breakfast after your workout? So what I do is uh, when it comes to breakfast or basically the first meal of the day is I have the same thing every day. That might seem boring to some people, but uh, I know that if I've trained in a fasted state, like there's no chance I'm not going to be hungry, right? So uh, for me, you know, again, everybody's individual. We all have our own, you know, biological differences and all that. But for me, what works is I'm going to have three eggs. I'm going to have two portions of fruit or vegetables or one portion of vegetables and one portion of fruit. You know, maybe I'm going to have two slices of whole wheat toast. And I'm going to also have 150 grams of cottage cheese. So for me, you know, that covers my needs in protein. I'm getting my veggies in, um, getting my micronutrients, my macronutrients. But the key here is that I do this every day, like the same thing, right? So I, I know that I can prepare this meal in five minutes. You know, I can eat it in about 10 minutes and, you know, another 10 minutes to clean up and wash the kitchen. So I know that I can do this in 20 to 25 minutes. So, uh, you know, obviously there are, all kinds of different combinations you can choose here. I say start with one, 
master it to the point that you know how much time it takes you, that it's fast, that it's healthy. I mean, cereal is going to be an easy choice, but I'm not a big fan of cereal. Like, you know, anything that is in a boxed shape and when every single bite has the same exact shape. For me, that's not real food. You know, I like to focus on minimally processed foods as possible. Focus on protein if your priority is to build muscle and, you know, find something that works for you. That also means quantity. So if you eat a lot of anything, you're going to feel awful afterwards. So, you know, even healthy stuff, if you eat a lot of it, you're going to feel heavy afterwards. So, you know, find the right amount, the right quantity, and also find what sits well in your stomach. Because, you know, maybe orange juice in the morning sits well with me, but maybe for you, it triggers like a little bit of a gastric reflux. You know, find basically what works best for you. So I think the key is, yeah, finding something that you can do every day. I've pretty much for I don't know, past eight years, nine years of eating the same thing for breakfast. It's really easy to make. I, I go one egg, eight ounces of egg whites. So I just buy the egg whites in the carton at the grocery store and then some type of carb. So at sometimes I've used the tortilla wraps, the high fiber tortilla wraps, mm-hmm. done those. I've also used Dave's Killer Bread, which is like this really whole wheat bread with seeds and nuts and things in it. It's really good. And some cheese. And that's pretty much it. And then maybe like a piece of fruit, some fruit. And I can knock that out. I can cook it in four minutes, five minutes. And then what's nice about the sandwich or the wrap, you can, if you need to, you can take it on the road if you got to, but you can eat that pretty fast. So like 10 minutes, you're done with breakfast with that. So yeah, I think get really good at making a really easy prep breakfast. That'll save you a lot of time. So let's talk about the actual workout. So you're a body weight guy. And as we said earlier, body weight training seems really conducive to a morning workout because you don't have to do the commute to the gym. You just do it at home. What equipment do you need for a body weight training session? So I'm a big fan of gymnastic rings. Like I don't go anywhere without those. I always have a set in my car, like in my backpack. So like that's, you know, my my standard carry on. But really what I usually recommend, it depends. So I'm usually going to recommend either a combination of a pull-up bar and a dip station because that way you're covering the upper body and with the lower body, you can do other things. But uh, basically, if you have a pull-up bar and a dip station, that means that you can do pull-ups. That means that you can do things like dips. You can do rows. So you're basically covering all basic angles, vertical and horizontal when it comes to uh, basic movement patterns, so pull-push. Or... If you want to use one tool, my favorite one, you know, if you can set up a pair of rings, for some people, that's not going to be an option if you're training at home, because you're going to have to screw those usually. But if you can get a pair of rings, you know, that covers everything you need. Basically, you can do pull-ups with them. You can adjust them, do dips on them, do rows, do like basically, you know, hundreds of exercises, really, if you're creative. And, uh, you know, usually that's what I recommend, you know, start with one of these two combinations. All right. So pull-up bar or gymnastics rings walks through like a body weight training session from warm up to finish. So you talked about, I think you mentioned earlier, one of the hard things about working out in the morning, I think a lot of people experience this, like when you wake up, you just feel stiff, you're groggy. Like the stiffness is what really, that's the one, one of the reasons I stopped working out in the morning. I just felt just you start squatting and you're like, oh my gosh, like this is not fun. <laughs> so anything you can do to counteract the stiffness when you start your body weight training session? Yeah. So um, the way I dealt with that, first of all, is I created this very short 
morning routine that's a warm-up routine basically that combines light static stretching dynamic stretching and mobility drills so if you master this and I, you know you can find that in my youtube channel if you master this it takes 11 to like max 12 minutes you know basically I, I get it nowadays in 10 to 11 minutes you know once you master like all the transitions you know if you're doing everything super smoothly you can get a great great warm-up in 11 minutes so i spent a lot of time on designing this warm-up and it basically it's structured in a way that it helps your neuromuscular system loosen up it warms up your joints and it helps you get rid of that feely, that uh, clunky feeling, you know, when you wake up in the morning. So that's the first part of my workout. Like I do that religiously every day. Like there's no way I'm going to skip my warm up. You know, I like to say, which is probably a quote I, I stole from Dan John, you know, if you don't have time to warm up, you don't have time to work out or uh, another quote, you know, the, the warm up is half the workout. Like I really, really believe in that. And the second part is that you want to also be smart on how you sequence the intensity across your workout. So the way I do it and I recommend to people to do it is you want to structure your workout in three phases or three rounds. The first round, I like to call this round the get your engine started round. It's basically where you you go about 50% of what you feel you can do at that moment. So, you know, if you during your first round, you know, maybe let's say you just got started with morning workouts, which means you're going to feel extra clunky in the beginning until your body uh, adapts to those uh, morning hours. But if you feel that you can do right now, let's say 10 pull-ups, go for five, right? So that's round one. Just focus on getting your engine started. Like I like to... <laughs> Imagine myself like a really old car during, uh, you know, winter morning. You're, you're starting the engine slowly with the warm up, and then you're just doing like a, around the block, right? Round two is leave 20% in the tank. So here you don't want to go 100% again. You know, you want to go aim for about 70 to 80% of the max reps you'd usually do if you were training in the morning, right? So. Again, if you feel that you can do 10 pull-ups right now, go for seven or eight. And then once you get to round three, that is where you get your best reps in. So round three, you know, your body's going to feel a lot better, assuming you, you scale the intensity in that way. And you're going to be able to, to push your body. I also like this because, you know, that way you finish your workout strong, which gives you that boost of uh, motivation, of confidence, you know, and energy, especially if you're doing calisthenics or, you know, it can be all kinds of other stuff, but it also at the same time leaves you fresh and uh, like really looking forward to the next workout. So, you know, you don't feel like annihilated. You don't feel completely destroyed. You know, you feel that you got what I say, the, that morning workout edge and like it, it works like I, i've gotten great results uh, a lot of people that i coach nowadays this way they, they get great results uh, the key is the high frequency so like i wouldn't recommend this approach if you were doing like two workouts per week you know i'm a big believer in high frequency especially when you're training in the morning because that way you get that that small dense workout every morning and the overall volume builds up across the week so you get those easy sets, but uh, you're also getting that last set that is high intensity. And, you know, that adds up at the end of the week. Okay, so you start off with a warm-up. You're going to do some static stretching along with some dynamic 
stretching. So that's going to be, you know, you're kind of doing a stretch, but you're moving and then some mobility stuff. You're going to do some kind of air squats, things like that, just to get the things, get the muscles going, revving up that engine. And then when you move to your workout, let me just make sure I understand you're going to be doing sets, right? So maybe you have planned three sets of, I don't know, we'll say 10 of a particular exercise. That first set, you're going to go 50%. Yeah. She's going to go halfway. And then the second set, you're going to leave 20% in the tank. So if you could have done 10 reps, just do eight reps. And then on that final set, that's when you're going to go all the way, like really get those good reps in. Exactly. Yeah. And you can use that also with, you know, if you're lifting weights, if you're whatever you're doing that is strength oriented. Um, so what does a, a body weight workout look like for you? I mean, how many exercises are you doing in your body weight routine? So with with, uh, this approach, you know, what I'm usually doing is I'm doing a pull, push, lower body and a core exercise. Uh, I do this in a a circuit fashion. So, you know, I do the first exercise, take like a little breather there, like 15 seconds, not more than that. I move on to the second exercise, you know, the the third. So, uh, you know, I do basically I start usually with a a pull or a push. I move on again to the the push. Let's say you start with a pull. uh, I move on to a lower body exercise and then I move on to a core exercise. So that is one round. That round I do in 50% intensity, right? And I get a good resting period, like two minutes, three minutes. And then I do round two, Uh, again, the same sequence, which is 80%. And then round three is like my best round. Okay. So yeah, just based on what you said, like a a sample routine could look like you do pull-ups, then push-ups, just regular push-ups, and then maybe some lunges Mm -hmm. and then followed by some leg lifts leg raises for the core. Um, and you're gonna do that in circuit. So you're gonna do each one, you know, right after each other and then just repeat the round with body weight training. We, we go into the detail in this, in our previous conversation, but with body weight training, how do you progressively overload? Right? So that's one of the things that drives strength and muscle gain, you know, with barbell training or weightlifting, you'd add weight. How do you do that with body weight exercises? So first of all, you can simply increase the reps. Now, you know, in the past, they used to think that, you know, there's a specific rep range where you have uh, hypertrophy, you you build muscle. They used to say that's around eight and uh, 12 reps, you know, that used to be the the main consensus back in the days. Like if you want to focus on strength, you know, you stay below eight reps. So uh, like one and to five, something like that. And anything above 15 is more like muscular endurance. But nowadays, all the research is pretty conclusive that as long as you're working close to technical failure, you are building muscle and you're building strength, right? So, you know, if you can do, let's say, 15 push-ups, you can work yourself up to 20 push-ups. You can work yourself up to 40 push-ups and still make gains, assuming you're working close to technical failure, you know, as you're reaching those last reps. Now, you know, sometimes I'm going to do this because I, I like the high reps, you know, it's a different stimulus, it's more fun, but sometimes it's not practical because your workouts become a lot longer, they take more time. And when I'm coaching other people, I've noticed that when you try to reach technical failure across 40 reps, let's say an extreme example, it's easier for people to mess up their form. Whereas when you're doing 10 reps, it's like easier to stay focused. I mean, the intensity is harder, but usually people can uh, have better form. So if that is the case, other ways that you can increase the intensity can be, first of all, just using a weighted vest, like a very simple solution. I'm not a big fan of weighted vests. 
not that I'm against them. I'm, I'm just like a simple guy. I'm a practical guy. You know, I, I don't want to carry a lot of stuff with me. I usually head outdoors. I like to train in nature in the morning. So I don't want to be carrying a ton of stuff with me. So if you don't have a weighted vest, you know, that's also like a, an expensive option. Another free way to increase intensity is using more mind to muscle cues. So, you know, you can focus on, let's say you are doing pull-ups, you know, you can focus on really squeezing your shoulder blades, you know, bringing your elbows close to your rib cage. Another adjustment you can make with pull-ups, you can focus on increasing the range of motion. So you can go higher, basically try to do chest to bar pull-ups. Like those are my favorite pull-ups, the only way I do pull-ups. You know, it, it takes time if you're a beginner to get there, but you can make that your goal. So if you can do like pull-ups until your chin, start trying to bring the bar closer to your clavicle. Once you can do that, try to bring the bar closer to your sternum. So, you know, there are all kinds of ways like that where you can uh, play around with range of motion, with mind-to-muscle cues, or, you know, adjusting the lever. For example, if you're doing push-ups, you can increase, put your feet on an elevated surface, you know, all kinds of things like that. Okay. So you can increase volume by adding reps, but at a certain point that might just make your workout too long. So find ways to increase intensity just by making the exercise harder. There's different ways you can do that. And you talk about that in the book as well as on your YouTube channel. So, okay, we're looking at 11 minute warm up, and then how long should the circuit, the body weight circuit take? So if you're doing three rounds of a circuit, like the one I described, you know, you, you can get that done in like, 15, 17 minutes, depends on uh, the resting periods. So you, you can really get your workout done within half an hour. I like to think of it as about 35 minutes. You know, that way I have some extra wiggle room in there. So, you know, I'm not stressing in the morning to get my workout in. I'm a little bit more relaxed. I'm enjoying the morning. You know, I'm enjoying the view, the nice, peaceful environment around me, all of that. I'm, I'm really taking everything in. So, uh, you know, I like to think of it as 35 minutes, but you can definitely get it in in 30 minutes. Okay, so a 30-minute workout, everyone's got 30 minutes. You can do that. And what's crazy about this, you might people might be listening, like, this workout sounds really easy. You can make it hard, and it, it might be easy. And that's, maybe that's like, you don't, have to, you don't have to feel destroyed after a workout to get the benefits of a workout. I mean, one of the things you talk about in the 7 a.m. workout is that one of the benefits of working at 7 a.m. is that you actually do the workout. And if you do that long enough on a consistent basis, you're going to get the benefits. I think there's this idea in popular culture that if you're going to work out, you have to just you know destroy yourself and just feel like you can't walk after a leg workout. Not so. Just get the workout done. Yeah. No pain, no gain, right? I right. mean, that can be fun when you're 20. So that's another thing, you know, but as you grow older, like after 30, 35, things change. Not that there's not potential to build a, like a great physique and all of that, but you have to train smarter. You know, you have to respect your body, respect your joints. I turned 38 this year and uh, I'm constantly noticing differences. So like my whole mentality has changed a lot because, you know, I would love to do calisthenics until I'm a hundred. Right. And uh, I've seen people mess their bodies up, you know, either that's with lifting weights or calisthenics. Cause you know, like a lot of times people think of calisthenics as innocent, but, uh, you know, if you're jumping on a bar and you're doing pull-ups with no warm-up, that is basically like doing lat pull-downs on, uh, you know, a lat machine with your weight. So, you know, an average guy weighs, I don't know, like 170 pounds. You know, that's like getting on the lat down machine and cranking in reps with 170 pounds without doing any warm-up. So you have to be smart. Either you're doing calisthenics or lifting weights, especially in the morning, you have to be extra careful 
You have to be very respectful of your body, of the warm up. You know, again, you don't have the time to warm up. I prefer that you don't work out. So with this body weight workout, how many times are we doing this a week? So I like to train five to six times a week. So uh, like the way I structure it is uh, if I'm doing today, like uh, a horizontal pull that is like inverted rows, a horizontal push that is like push-ups, and I'm doing like, let's say, uh, a knee dominant lower body exercise and a core exercise. I can train again the next day. You know, some people think that you can't train two days in a row, but it, it depends on the volume and the intensity and how you're uh, programming everything. So you can train again the next day and do calisthenics if you switch things up a little bit. So, you know, if on day one, we did a horizontal pull, inverted rows, on day two, do something a little bit different. You can do vertic a vertical pull, which is, you know, pull-ups. Or, you know, again, if you're lifting weights, that can be like a, a let down exercise. You know, if I did push-ups the previous day, I'm going to focus on a different angle, different exercise. I'm probably going to do dips. You know, if I did a knee-dominant exercise, I'm going to do a hip-dominant exercise. And, uh, you know, if I did like a, a plank kind of core exercise, I'm going to do more of a, like a more hollow body exercise. So, you know, as long as you're smart on how you're programming everything, you're altering the angles, you can train every day. I like to do like about four of these workouts. So, you know, the pull, push, lower body and core calisthenic workouts. And the rest of the week, I also like to do things like sprints. I'm a big fan of sprints. And then I have like other things, uh, like nowadays, something I love doing is, uh, a hybrid approach where you combine calisthenics and uh, and cardio. I don't know if we have the time about that, but I, I can explain that as well. Yeah, what does that look? So, I mean, we've been talking about strength training and a calisthenic workout could become a cardio workout. So how do you combine body weight training with cardio? So this is something I, I came up uh, about a year ago. I call it cardiosthenics uh, because it combines cardio and calisthenics. And uh, it's just a hybrid way to combine strength training and aerobic training. I find that it's great for fat loss. It's great for morning workouts because, you know, you're hitting basically two birds with one stone, as they say. And like in a nutshell, what you do is instead of resting between your exercises, let's say we're doing again a, a pull push, lower body and core routine, instead of resting between exercises, you jog or you do any form of cardio that you enjoy. So let's say you start with pull-ups, you do your pull-up set, you jog for, depending on your on your condition, you know, one to three minutes. If you're a beginner, you know, let's say you're a beginner, you jog for one minute and then you move on to the next exercise. So that can be push-ups. Once you're done with push-ups, you jog for a minute, you move on to your lower body exercise and then you jog for another minute and you move on to your core exercise. So basically, instead of resting between sets, instead of walking around, you're jogging, but you're making sure that you're jogging at a very, very low intensity. So we're talking about zone two. You know, most people <laughs> that do cardio, usually they're doing zone three or zone four. Again, you have a great podcast, Brett, on this topic. People can uh, listen to that so we don't waste time now. But uh, you want to make sure that you're doing like your, I call it my, my old guy <laughs> jog. So because, you know, I'm jogging like extremely slow. So that way you're not compromising your strength performance in the next exercise. Now, obviously it's not going to be the same with, you know, completely resting and walking between sets, but it is a way to like get both things in. I never was a cardio guy. I never enjoyed it, but this was a way that I married cardio and calisthenics and I started enjoying cardio to the point that nowadays I've gotten a really, really good cardiovascular conditioning as well. So I can jog a lot nowadays because I built 
my cardiovascular performance this way. So, uh, you know, cardiostatics again, you can, uh, you can search that on YouTube. I've got uh, some tutorials, but it's a really fun way to combine both strength and cardio in a way that is fun, even if like me, you're someone who could never really get into cardio. Okay. And you could do that five times a week. You could do that every day during the week if you wanted. But then another thing you talk about in the book, if you want to get cardio in, you could also arrange your morning workout so that it'd be like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, doing a body weight mm-hmm. training session, the strength session. And then Tuesday, Thursday, you do 30 minutes of cardio for example. So that's another way exactly. you get your cardio yeah. in. And, and I guess the, just find what you enjoy. So the cardio you do, you could do, it could be a brisk walk, but it could also be some hill sprints. You're a big fan of the sprints as well. Yeah. So Anthony, this has been a great conversation. Where can people go to learn more about the book and your work? So nowadays you can find me on YouTube. If you search for body weight muscle, that's where I talk about my whole approach to fitness, calisthenics. And if you're really serious with getting into a morning routine, you can find everything at the 7 a.m. workout edge. You write the seven numerically, so it's not a word, just a number. Uh, again, www.the7amworkoutedge.com. You can find the book there. And I also have a free five-day challenge where you can uh, you know, get started. I'm there. It's, uh, it's basically a free community. I make sure that I get back to everyone every single day. You know, If you have questions, if you're struggling with your morning routine, I'll be there to help you out. So you can check those two sites. Fantastic. Well, Anthony Avranatakis, thanks for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Brett. Uh, very, very honored to be here. My guest today was Anthony Arvanatakis. He's the author of the book, The 7 a.m. Workout Edge. It's available on amazon.com. You can find more information about his work at his website, bodyweightmuscle.com. Also check out our show notes at aom.is slash morningworkout, where you can find links to resources and we delve deeper into this topic. Well, that wraps up another edition of the AOM Podcast. Make sure to check out our website at artofmanless.com where you find our podcast archives, as well as thousands of articles that we've written over the years about pretty much anything you think of. And if you'd like to enjoy ad-free episodes of the AOM Podcast, you can do so on Stitcher Premium. Head over to stitcherpremium.com, sign up, use code MANLESS at checkout for a free month trial. Once you're signed up, download the Stitcher app on Android iOS, and you can start enjoying ad-free episodes of the AOM Podcast. And if you haven't done so already, I'd appreciate it if you take one minute to give us a review on Apple Podcast or Spotify. It helps out a lot. If you've done that already, thank you. Please consider sharing the show with a friend or family member who you think we get something out of it. As always, thank you for the continued support. Until next time, it's Brett McKay. Reminding you to listen to the AOM podcast, but put what you've heard into action. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.